thing in business that we're very good at the lion usually we're very good at, at thinking in those those sort of mba classic kind of models and 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 in that very weights and measures way but but interestingly the other two are, are far more motivational uh, in relation to what really makes people tick what really makes people perform hello and welcome to the melting pot i'm your host dominic monkhouse the melting pot is a result of my hunger and curiosity for optimizing business performance, exploring corporate culture, customer addiction, and building high-performing teams. It's full of advice from my guests, entrepreneurs, fellow business authors, and examples from some of my work over the last few years, coaching the CEOs and leadership teams of some amazingly successful tech firms. The melting pot is my attempt to synthesize what I've learned along the way, to help you build a highly scalable business and realize the potential of your life's work. If you enjoyed the episode, head over to monkhouseandcompany.com forward slash podcast to find today's show notes and more editions of The Melting Pot. While you're there, if you subscribe to the newsletter, you can pick up a copy of my new book, Fuck Plan B, How to Scale Your Technology Business Faster and Achieve Plan A. Enjoy. Good morning and welcome to The Melting Pot with Dominic Monkhouse. Dominic will be back in just a moment, but this episode is actually using a live recording from our summit last year. The September summit had eight fantastic speakers, including this week's summit special from Daryl Stott, doing a wonderful introduction to his Lion Monkey Dog theory. You can also find this episode on our YouTube channel if you would like the visual, which will take into account the fantastic September sunshine. We've got our fingers crossed for more sunshine this September. We really hope you enjoy learning from Daryl today. Hello. This is nice, that. It's lovely. Um, how are you? Good. Um, I'm always a little uncertain which capacity I'm talking in at any given event, and, and especially lately with, with recent events, because I, I am a director of a group of agencies, I also work as a consultant, I've done for many years, and I'm also a therapist and, and a coach, and a, so I'm, I'm never sure which, which hat to wear, but at the moment I find myself wearing all of them a bit. You know, I, I find myself in a, in a world where all of these things are quite relevant, and the, the segue earlier into motivation uh, was was just delightful for uh, for setting up the the central bit of what I'm going to talk about because I'm all about personality. You know, much as I found everything that was said earlier completely agreeable, I, I have a very very different stance. Um, so uh, perhaps you'll come with me for 20 minutes on this journey. Can you give me a shout when I've got five to go? Because I'm appalling at managing time. That just says zero 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 zero. Super. Thank you. Um, Okay, let's play a quick game. Let's let's uh, let's let's do a bit of on-the-spot research. I'd like you to talk to the person next to you, or or in a group of three, if 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 that's if the numbers work out that way. I'd like you to answer the question: What is important to you about your career post-COVID, like now, this new world that we're just waking up and opening up into? Uh, what gets you out of bed in the morning? What are you scared about? What motivates you? What do you care about? You know, but what's going on for you? Uh, and, and I think it might be different than, than the answers I would have got six or seven months ago. But if I can give you a couple of minutes to just have that conversation and then come back with some heckles, that would be great. <laughs> Do you know, it's, it's, 
I find it fascinating that because you know I love that question because of the quality of conversation that it evokes. You know, the, the the noise level was extreme. I hate that question because getting people's attention back after you've asked it is a complete bloody nightmare. And and uh, it, it's a lovely question to be asked. It evokes a a, a different sort of thought process. You know, I'm. I'm I say I've never built a big industrialized sales team or anything, but I've, I've been around sales a long time and and enough to observe that there is a difference in asking someone what they want versus why they're buying it, you know, what's important to them. You know, generally speaking, that kind of closing mindset of, okay, there's some situational opportunity, let's drill down and find out the specs and the details so we can close it off is very different to understanding someone's motives for, for the conversation in the first place. You understand their motives and they're effectively telling you how to sell to them. So the question, what is important to you about this, is extraordinarily liberating. I, I urge you to experiment with it. But, but that's not, I didn't, I didn't really want to talk about sales today. I'd, I'd, I'd really rather talk about what makes people tick, what motivates them you know, at the moment, especially from the perspective of employees or people that you have to interact with. I, I think psychology is fascinating. I think it's the most fascinating thing in the world because we have to deal with people. You know, everything we do is about people. Every communication is received by a person. Every relationship in your life is a person. And, and when you strip that stuff away, there's not a lot left, really. It, it's the most important thing in the world. There's, um, uh, before I move on, can I just grab some heckles? I'm really interested, uh, for those of you that were shout out, what, what did you have as themes? What, what was important to you at the moment? What, what, did we, what did you discover from the conversation? Hello. Family, lovely. What else? And interestingly, I never used to get that in this in this scenario. Yeah. In, in a we we said what we do actually that's one of the fundamentals of why we do what we do. Yeah. I've been asking this question for ten years. That's the first time someone in a corporate context has said family. Thank you. Interesting. What else? Thank you. What else? Thank you. What else? Achieving potential. Achieving potential. Lovely. One or two more quickly for everyone. Fun, love it. Health. Health, thank you. From my perspective, standing here, there is a slight difference, actually, in the nature of the answers that I'm getting at the moment. So interesting to explore. Um, when elephants are trained, or when elephants are kind of tamed, or whatever, whatever it is we do to, that people do to elephants, which is horrible, really, but um, they start off by being chained to something. You know, they have a chain around their 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 ankle and, and it's driven into the ground with a metal stake and no matter how long they pull and tug for several days the, it won't move until the the elephant's sort of spirit is broken but then eventually that chain is replaced by a rope and when the 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 elephant gets used to its um, tyranny you can tether an elephant with a piece of string or a cord because it never tests it you know it, it's, it's it's developed something called learned helplessness and we humans are exactly the same. And, and it sort of works like this. If, you, if your unconscious mind asks you for something and you say no frequently, it stops asking. It, it just gets buried somewhere and it kind of bubbles away. And then, you know, I mean, I'm 50. I turned 50 this year. And the last couple of years, I have had the most spectacular belting midlife crisis. You can imagine. I mean, I, I, I rocked it. You know, and, <laughs> and, and, I, and I think the, these things surface, the things that you've been sensible and said no to, the things that are deeply important to you, but inconvenient or impractical, they, they're going to come back and bite you in the ass. You know, one, one of my favorite teachers is a guy called Steve Gilligan, and uh, he, um, he has this expression, everyone is a unique deviant. And when people say, look, I'm, you know, 
uh, I think I'm, I'm different to everyone else. I think I'm a bit odd. I think I'm a bit weird. He always looks him in the eyes and says, oh, no, no, no. You, you, have, you have drastically you know, underestimated the problem here. You, know, you, you are way weirder than you have <laughs> any awareness of. And, and, but we, we put ourselves in these kind of containing uh, scenarios and, and, and it bubbles away. But if we do hit that, that I don't know, that purposeful space, you know, when, when we find ourselves in the right team dynamics or working on the right thing or you know, aligned in the right direction, you know, all, you're all successful people. You must have had a period of your career where it absolutely felt amazing you know, to get where you are, surely. So, uh, so th these, these things are, are deeply important. Uh, I'm going to share a model with you. Um, so, like, I don't know, 20 years ago, I was a CEO of an agency, 15 people, doing quite nicely. I had a bit of imposter syndrome. I, I, I never went to university the first time, so I invested in studying. And as I started studying, I discovered psychology and psychometrics, and then I discovered neurolinguistic programming. And I went on this bizarre 10-year sabbatical of going on every weird and wonderful workshop you can imagine. I earned my, my living as, at the time and subsidized it by being a leadership development consultant for Virgin Atlantic and Pret-a-Manger and, um, and Barclays and Deloitte and, and a few other people. And, um, uh, and during that point of time, during that sort of uh, sabbatical, if you like, I, I pieced together a model, uh, which is based on the idea that in philosophy and in psychology and in neuroscience to a degree, there is a tendency to split the human being into three things. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen that, that the chimp paradox book, you know, with the computer and the, and the chimp and the, and the human, or, you know, Freud's ego, id, and superego, or Firo theory is based on inclusion, control, and openness, and, and self-relations theory is based on uh, self-determination and, and aliveness and, and human connections. And there's these three kind of, uh, this sort of, triune human, this, this trilogy of, of what's important to us. And the reason for it, I think, this is my opinion rather than a fact, but I think the reason for it is that we experience our world as a human system three fundamentally different ways. There is a world outside of us that we see and hear and smell and you know, we're, we're in a context. There is an inner world of emotion and feeling, you know, and knee-jerk reactions and, uh, and, and state. And there is a, a world of thinking. There's numbers and words and, and a kind of a meta-narrative, as you call it, this kind of thoughty stuff that talks to yourself in your head. And they're such three different experiences, you know, even though they're all one experience, it's all one joined-up thing, but we tend to think about it in these three ways. And it can be helpful to split it up into these three ways. And I, I pulled all these things to get together into a model that I call monkey, lion, dog. And you can use it in such a variety of contexts. You can use it in deciding what your organizational values are and making sure they tick these boxes. You can use it in messaging to make sure that you're applying to people's motives and, and doing things in a way that's sticky. You can use it for understanding why your employees have had a complete meltdown or overreaction. You, you can use it for anything if you, if you begin to look at what the fundamentals are of, of what drives us. So I'll, I'll, I'll go through it as a quick whistle stop. Our monkey motivations are contextual, or, or our, our monkey psychological processes are, are contextual. This is in triune brain theory, which comes from neuroscience. This is your, your brain stem and, 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 and your sort of primal uh, part of your brain. Uh, so when we are thinking or being driven by our monkey, we are wondering, who am I in this context? Am I important? Do I have people's attention? Is what I'm doing making a difference? Does anyone give a shit? Am I leaving a legacy? Does it matter? 
uh, what impact am I having? Can I influence this situation? Can I change it? You know, can I have some agency over it? So that, that's very much our, our monkey kind of drivers. Uh, and, and interestingly, from the exercise earlier, notice if, there's any, if there was any that, that, that bubbled up. Secondly, a lion. This is the stuff that we're already good at. You know, the marketers are good at this and business people are good at this. To the detriment, they're too good at it, over-specialised. But a lion is all the rational stuff. It's how we judge and evaluate things linguistically or numerically. Is, is it good? Is it bad? Is it value? Is there ROI? Is it, does it make sense? Is it coherent? Does it add up? Uh, is it professional? Is it good or bad quality? All, all those kind of, that kind of judgmental part of your, of your, of your mind that has, has opinions. And then our dog, interestingly, is, is around our feelings of connection or our feelings of you know, being on red alert or being terribly comfortable, our feelings of, of um, uh, camaraderie and openness and trust and authenticity and all these things that allow us to just calm down and not have to be vigilant and not think that we're going to get eaten by a lion. You know, all those things that, that comfort us. And, and the thing that's really fascinating from the family answer earlier and a few other themes and mental health and whatever else is that this agenda has been neglected and is, is really coming to the forefront at the moment, you know, in a, in a post-COVID world. Um, we've done some research recently, uh, scraping some huge uh, volumes of unstructured data and doing sentiment analysis on it. And, and the, the shift in... Um, themes around having a chat or seeing people or human connection, those kind of themes are over-indexing about 20 to 1 compared to how they were before COVID. It's really, really important to people. You know, it's more important than the spreadsheets at the moment. And uh, that, that's kind of my, my soapbox moment. It's like, let's pay attention to the dog. Let, let, let's, uh, let, let's do more with it. If you think of... Uh, if I think of those primal needs and, and what we need fundamentally as human beings, from a monkey point of view, we need contextual stimulation. We need to be cued from our environment. We need to feel alive. We need to be able to be creative and, and, and adjust to things. We need the scenery to change. From a lion point of view, we need some degree of control. or We need to feel that we're, we're competent. We need self-determination. We need to be able to make choices and exercise choices over our life and our time. And, and autonomy is a fundamental influencer. As Rob said earlier, I was, I was going to do the sort of damn pink motivation thing, but obviously we, we've discussed that, and I guess we're all familiar with that. But also we need human connection. We fundamentally need it. Like, not being touched, it will make you ill quicker than almost anything else. You know, it's such a fundamental deep need. And uh, when you think of COVID and when you think of lockdown, we have recklessly violated our... Uh, uh, human needs to the extent where I, th I think we're going to be paying the price for it for quite a long time, you know, in terms of teamwork and in terms of mental health and in terms of people being able to get up and get motivated and get on with shit. So, uh, yeah, that paints a, a slightly gloomy picture around act activities like lockdown, um, but, but, but it, it's a reality, you know, there's a cost to it. There's a cost to depriving ourselves of our our fundamental motives. I find it fascinating in business that we're very good at the lion, usually. We're very good at, at thinking in those, those sort of MBA classic kind of models and, and, and in that very weights and measures way. But, but interestingly, the other two are, are far more motivational uh, in relation to what really makes people tick, what really makes people perform. I sometimes run ads and I split test them, you know, and uh, I'll have a a very alive, creative, wake-you-up monkey egg version. I have a very sensible, value-driven uh, lion message, and I have a very human, connected dog message. 
in every time I've run this experiment, the monkey and the dog outperform the lion. Because A, because we're saturated by lion messages, so we just don't care. If I see another one of them on LinkedIn, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, but B, because they are, they are tapping into the more mot emotive and the more uh, important systems as a, as a human nervous system, as a, as a human being. The lion stuff has come along quite recent. It's all post-industrial revolution stuff, really. The other things are, are far more deeper and, and far more entrenched and far more um, related to, to what you do. If, if, when I'm working as a therapist, someone comes to me because they're anxious or someone comes to me because they've got a phobia, or someone comes to me because they're depressed, I'm not going to talk to them about it rationally. That's not where the problem exists. That is, it's pointless. You can't, can't cure a spider phobia by convincing people that spiders aren't scary, really. You've got to do something else. So th they are the systems that really drive us as human beings. They're the things that we're doing in the world. Not the weights and measures, not the logic, not the reason... Um, I've got about five minutes left. We're going to do. I've got a workshop later, and I'm not. I'm not going to lecture or talk about stuff. I'm going to do an experiential workshop. So no slides, no notes. A little bit of cheeky informal hypnotism if you're up for it. But I, I, I'm going to play with your mindset in terms of your monkey, your lion, and your dog in order to rev you up and, and get you clear-minded and motivated and 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 play those those kind of uh, those kind of games. Um, the monkey stuff is about visualization, really. Uh, the lion stuff is about clarity. You know, real intentions are terribly succinct. I want to X, I need to Y. Not, you know, I'd like to drive value to my customers by synergizing relationships with win-win kind of, you know, <laughs> mission statements do not drive behavior. They're way too complex. They're way too long. You know, real intentions are terribly, terribly succinct and very, very plain language. Um, and then the dog stuff, like how do you become even aware you know, are, are you aware how you feel right now? I always say to people, how are you? They say, great. I think, did you check? <laughs> you know, how does your foot feel against your shoe? I bet you weren't aware, but you probably are now. Um, we, we, we tend to ignore ourselves from the neck down and, until something comes along that, that burgles our attention. But our somatic nervous system is, is an incredibly sophisticated uh, feedback system. It's an incredible ally if you can feel your feelings and be self-aware of how you're reacting to stuff. Because the, the storyteller in your mind, your lion, will always tell you you're being perfectly reasonable. And it's not you, it's everyone else. <laughs> but the, 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 the feedback coming from the dog with your shoulders around your ears or your, the fact you stopped breathing 30 seconds ago might be a little bit more accurate in terms of working out what's really going on for you at any given moment. Uh, I've got about four minutes. I'd love a couple of questions, like door questions, and hopefully I'll, I'll see some of you at the thing a bit later. Hello. Uh, yeah, could you give us an example of that you said about an advert and you did the split test across the three? Yeah, sure. Give me context. What do you do? What, what's your business uh, We're a software consultancy. Okay. So uh, as a consultant, the line message, pretty clear. You probably all do it. It's about, you know, uh, giving, uh, it's about ROI. It's about... Uh, addressing things that are concerning them, problems, you know, tactical stuff. The monkey message will be about um, giving them an advantage, you know, doing something disruptive, breaking from the norm. Uh, go left field, wake them up, disrupt them, do, say something that is the last thing in the world they expect. The dog message is all about trust. It's all about how uh, people trust you and about how uh, you develop genuine relationships and you listen to people, you know. And, and every business says that at the moment, but some, and some of them do it. 
Um, so yeah, it's 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 really about looking at. I mean, I, I I don't know if you get the deck afterwards, but there's quite a long list of motives under those slides, and it's just about shifting your messaging to represent those different value systems. Um, people are different. Uh, actually, on one of my websites, if you go to lab.co.uk, monkey hyphen lion hyphen dog, you know, forward slash monkey hyphen lion hyphen dog, there's a little mini psychometric on there that will allow you to answer nine questions and it will tell you how you're thinking. You know, monkey, lion, or dog at any given moment. Um, thank you for that. Any, any others? Um, I was just relating your monkey, lion, dog to uh, Two rational elements in the case. So, being more kind of process based and one being more driven leadership style. Yes. Um, is that the Yeah, logical. So, so, yeah, whether it's abstract or detailed, the lion covers both. Yes. So, I'd, I'd say just really quickly there is a massive shift at the moment away from psychometrics about you know, how you think, what your thinking style is, and into values-based stuff. Like, check out uh, the Schwartz model of universal values from 2001, really, really good. Um, because you find that why people are doing what they're doing and what they're trying to achieve is a much more practical thing to know than what their thinking style is. So, so there is a shift away from those, um, those kind of psychometrics. Um, there was something else I was gonna say in response to that, and I've forgotten it while I was answering, so never mind. What's the one thing? <laughs> I will answer it, but I hate those questions. Uh, a, I, I'm at the moment, I've, I've just written my fifth book, and I'm going through a really comical range of publisher rejections at the moment. And I had one from Pearson's last week, which was like, yeah, it's a, it's a bit vague. And I said, well, it's not really vague, it's broad. And they went, just as bad. <laughs> Shit. Um, <laughs> tell me the answer, what's the one thing? Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's very complex, but I think, you know, uh, listening, and, and I, I think I'm doing a, I, I don't know how I'm two places at once, but I'm doing a bright talk this afternoon with Citrix, a miracle of pre-recording, pretending to be live. Uh, but um, uh, the conversation that I had with a few people on that was really fascinating about actually the fundamentals of leadership are exactly the same, you know, lead by outcomes, give people freedom, listen to them, be bloody clear about you know, be bloody clear about what they need to do and get out their way and, and trust them to do it and grease wheels and unblock. And, and, uh, but it's just that the, the, the last six months of our lives has amplified that and it's really exposed proper leaders from managers who've, who've ended up with a leadership job title uh, in terms of really being able to get the best out of people versus, you know, suddenly the, the, the micromanaging, controlling manager must have felt them, found themselves really all at sea in the last six months. Uh, incidentally, control is is lion. That's that's what's driving you if you if you're driven by that kind of stuff. Um, is is that an okay answer? Sorry, be, be cheeky, but the answer was listening. Yeah. <laughs> listening was the answer. Yeah, listen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'll one thing because we're Oh no no no! I, it was just an opportunity for me to be cheeky. So thank you. I, I loved the question. Uh, thanks very much. I think I've got uh, zero, zero, zero. That means none, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm going to have to say goodbye. Thank you. Enjoy. <laughs>